0: This is the Negotiate X podcast, show number eight. So then why, why do we get lost during a negotiation?
1: Well, you know, again, I think it's this confusion that I mentioned at the beginning, which is this tension between getting a good substantive outcome and the belief that we have to choose between it and a relationship. People are problem solvers. It's why when I, when I walk into a room with clients, they are all a lot of type A personalities who've been incredibly successful in their careers. They are fixated on getting things done and they tend to get fixated on this false choice between relationship and substance that leads them to doing things that if they were to step out for a moment, they know are contrary to being truly effective and even contrary to who they are as, as people.
0: You're listening to Negotiate X Radio, helping you elevate your influence through purposeful negotiations. If you're here looking to learn about how to become a better negotiator in both business and life, then you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the others who have benefited from NegotiateX.com, your home for negotiations training and consulting online. Welcome to the Negotiate X Podcast. I am your co-host and co-founder, Nolan Martin. And with me today is my co-host and co-founder Aram Dineshian. Aram, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great,
1: Nolan. Uh, thank you for the intro. Uh, and how are you doing?
0: I'm good. I'm. I hope that you appreciate me not having a crazy intro for you like last time. I I do I do appreciate that very yep. much. Yeah, I know you hate it. So we will continue on. Good. Well, I'm excited for today because uh, we're talking about managing working relationships. I know that. A lot of the people in the community seem to have a difficult time, you know, we get approached about this a lot, they, they seem to to not be able to, let's say, not burn bridges whenever they're going through a negotiation. So, how about we approach this topic today? How does that sound?
1: Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, I'm going to be really frank. I don't think most people understand how to manage working relationships very well. And those that claim that they do actually practice some pretty ineffective relationship strategies.
0: Ooh, this should be good. So what is uh, what do you think that is? And, and what do most people not understand?
1: I am convinced that everyone on some level they see negotiation as a trade-off between the substantive things they're negotiating over, okay? Things like price, volume, quality, different specs, terms around flexibility or guarantees and so forth. It's a trade-off between those things and the relationship, the level of trust, respect, understanding. So that's you know how people engage, how they share information, how they communicate so forth. They believe that one has to come at the cost of the other. And that's deeply embedded. I'm just I'm convinced that that's true.
0: yeah, so people that push hard on the substance of the deal tend to damage the relationship versus people who preserve the relationship tend to get worse substantive outcomes.
1: Yeah, that would be the correct perceived bilateral choice that many people feel that they're making.
0: and you don't agree that that's the correct choice.
1: No, not at all. I I don't think it's the choice that needs to be made. And it's only that way because of how people are negotiating, how we approach this idea of negotiation. Personally, my goal is to negotiate outcomes that are really good substantively and strengthen the relationship.
0: Sure, because if that substantive outcome is to be effectively implemented, which, I mean, after all, is the reason why we negotiate, right? you might need a strong relationship to do so. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so you say at the beginning that people who get this idea still end up practicing ineffective relationship strategies. I mean, it seems kind of counterintuitive. What do you mean by that? Well, I I
1: think that the strategies that people try to implement actually range quite a bit. I see folks who think that this small talk, chit-chat, at the very beginning of the negotiation is developing the relationship And then when they get into the negotiation and all these niceties have been established, they kind of set those things aside. And it's really crazy, but it's actually like they, you can hear it in their tone. It's, they shift. And it's like two totally different conversations weirdly happening at the same
0: time. Yeah, I've totally seen that too. It's like they... I mean, excuse my language, but they come like a total ass, like all of a sudden. So, yep, totally seen that too. What else do you see?
1: Well, I also see people trying to buy the relationship. Now, they, they don't frame it that way, but in essence, that's what they're trying to do. They're practicing some of that old-fashioned bid pro quote, and they're really caught up between, you know, good relationship and good substance, you know, get me this better price and I'll trust you more. Uh, you know, we'll talk a little more in a moment. It, just, it doesn't tend to work. Or people tend to naively try to practice the golden rule, blindly trusting the counterpart, which gets you taken. Or the reactionary eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, right? Which unfortunately leads to a terrible spiral of doom. And that's often based on perceived behaviors of the other party.
0: Yeah, so all those all those ways suck, so what's some better ways that we can do this? <laughs>
1: I your, your your technical language today, Nolan, is is fantastic. Okay, so the first thing is to recognize that in any negotiation, there is almost always some mixture of relationship and substantive issues occurring. So we need to identify those issues, okay, these two different buckets, relationship and substantive issues, separate them, and then we're gonna deal with each of them on their own merits. And we're going to deal with the relationship issues first.
0: Okay, so you said deal with them on their own merits. I want to kind of dig deeper into that. So what do you mean by that?
1: Okay, so we've discussed a lot in the past on how you deal with substantive issues, right? So these are the terms of any agreement. And those should be settled on parties' concerns and needs, those things that we would call interests. They should be solved through developing as many possible solutions that is you know, is feasible, options, what we call options, and then, and then we select or we refine those options through some sort of evaluation, the application of uh, fair, reasonable, objective criteria, again, that, that, that thing we call legitimacy.
0: Yeah, and so we've talked about relationship in the past. Now, why, why are we gonna deal with relationship first?
1: So first, um, and then, and then also how, the reason that we negotiate or we deal with the relationship issues first is they're going to get in the way of tackling those substantive issues. (laughs) I mean, no one is going to problem solve with someone they don't trust. They're not going to share their concerns, needs, motivations with that person. They aren't going to engage in this joint problem solving approach of unfettered brainstorming with a person they don't trust or or, or they sense doesn't respect them. And they're certainly not going to trust any so-called uh, standards that person may present. The idea here is that there is real, tangible value when operating in a trustful environment.
0: You know that's it's pretty interesting here. And I know we've we've both kind of seen this that the tangible value, for instance, like on deployments, right? There's tangible value when both you and your partner both understand that you need to essentially provide security, and you're both working together. You have trust. And, and basically, you're working towards one thing. For instance, you know, one of my deployments—it was a bad time when, when there was green on blue, which means that there was a few bad partners who were shooting Americans, and it was a couple bad apples in the bunch. So, don't want anybody to think negatively on this. It was a difficult time because you know we're still trying to work with our partners to secure Afghanistan. So we still needed to engage our partners. We still needed to be transparent and we still needed to provide security for the region. So we still need to talk to them. We still need to work on the relationship to get at the tangible value of providing security. So it's definitely something that that I know we've both seen. It's something that we we both have to maintain and, and to operate in a trustful environment, even in a difficult times like that.
1: Yeah, that's a great example, and most of our listeners aren't going to be applying these concepts in that stressful of an environment that that you're describing, right? And the principles still apply. This idea that we should focus on relationship first, develop it, focus on how we engage with each other, how we treat each other, before digging into the problem-solving about whatever the problem is, right? So let's codify, if it's okay, let's let's codify some of these better approaches to building, maintaining, even repairing relationships, doing things that are going to be good for the relationship. They're going to be good things that are good for you. It's good for them, regardless whether they reciprocate or not. And these are things that I'm going to call unconditionally constructive strategies.
0: And I want to kind of dig deeper into the strategies that you're talking about here. I think, you know, most people either think about we either need to establish a new relationship. We either need to work on an old relationship, but I don't think we really talk about how do we maintain a relationship?
1: Yeah, most people don't. They tend to approach a client, a key contact, only when they need something. And I had a tremendous boss in Afghanistan who made a point of meeting with people just to check in and to see what they need, to see how they are. And our partners really appreciated it. It helped us build some lasting relationships, relationships that last to this day. But he was he was a rarity, though.
0: All right, so then kind of tell us more about these unconditionally constructive strategies.
1: Yeah, the first one is to treat people with respect, and there are a number of ways that we can do that. When we when we discuss things, speak for yourself, don't speak for them, let them fill in their own blanks, don't finish their sentences, don't even try to capture their ideas, let them speak for themselves. Pause, Don't don't fill the space, let them fill it. Consult with them before deciding something. People appreciate being asked, they appreciate being engaged in the process. Avoid coercion. Use the test of reciprocity. Would would I appreciate being treated this way, the way that I'm treating them, would I appreciate that? Separates intent from impact. So give people the benefit of the doubt when things go awry. Like right in there, what are they really trying to do versus the impact of it's having on me? Those are two separate things. And then finally, consider joint contribution rather than blaming. And as I do that, start with my role in the problem.
0: Yeah, I think this is definitely a lot, but I know it also kind of seems like it's it's common sense. So, is it that simple? Is it common sense ways to treat people?
1: Uh, well, you you would you would think that, right? These are things we probably should have just learned in kindergarten.
0: <laughs> so then, why why do we get lost during a negotiation?
1: Well, you know, again, I think it's this confusion that I mentioned at the beginning, which is this tension between getting a good substantive outcome and the belief that we have to choose between it and a relationship. People are problem solvers. It's why when I, when I walk into a room with clients, they are all a lot of type A personalities who've been incredibly successful in their careers. They are fixated on getting things done and they tend to get fixated on this false choice between relationship and substance that leads them to doing things that if they were to step out for a moment, they know are contrary to being truly effective and even contrary to who they are as, as people.
0: You know, this kind of reminds me of of the book, Getting to Yes, where, you know, you're soft on the people, but hard on the problem. And if you're interested in that book, we'll have it, a link in the show notes. You just go to negotiatex.com slash eight, and that will, uh, will have a link to Getting to Yes. It's an awesome book, and it kind of talks about this. Sorry, go ahead, Aaron.
1: Yeah, well, that's that maxim that you just shared from Getting to Yes, you know, it's really true. And it's a great transition to some of the other vi- advice that I would share. You know, another relationship strategy or or move is to explore problems side by side. That can be figurative. It can be literal, too. There's a, There's power when we actually sit on the same side of the table with someone, with my counterpart. And what happens is, is rather than being fixated on each other as the problem, we can together, we can focus on the problem, solving this problem, whatever the issue is before us, we can solve on working on it together by sitting side to side.
0: Yeah, I think that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier is I, I imagine something like that requires a lot of trust and transparency to be able to do that and be effective.
1: Yeah, it really does. You know, so we need to be wholly trustworthy. We're protecting our reputation as negotiators, as leaders, as people. And at the same time, we don't have to be wholly trusting. It's that old Ronald Reagan quote, about trust, but verify, and we need to be able to frame conversations, discussions in ways that demonstrate a real willingness to understand their views while not necessarily committing to agreeing with those views.
0: Yeah, now, now, earlier, you had mentioned we don't want to buy relationships, and we would get to it later in the podcast, so kind of wanted to circle back on that what were you what were you kind of talking about there?
1: Yeah, I mean, no one's gonna frame it as buying a relationship, but oftentimes what they will do is make a substantive concession. Okay, so concede on some term price or some negotiation term and believe that somehow that's benefiting the the relationship. Okay, I've never seen that work. Now I haven't seen saying that I haven't seen people try it or even accept it. You know, the other party is going to happily accept um, a concession from you. But the question is, did that really do anything to increase trust, right? Would you, would, Nolan, would you would you trust me anymore if I gave you a thousand dollars? Or how about let's say ten thousand dollars? Would you trust me more for ten thousand dollars?
0: Let's go ahead and find out, man. You have my bank account information. Go ahead and send that my way.
1: Uh huh. Good. Yeah, that's a good try. Okay.
0: <laughs> no, but I get what you're saying. Like it's, I don't think really you're not building any more trust. You're just kind of giving me more money. I don't know if that's really achieving anything. I'll certainly take it, though, if you decide to do that. Yeah, the,
1: the two the 2 aren't connected. So we need to separate out the issues and deal with each on their own merits. Let me, um, let me give you a, an illustration that might help clarify for some of our listeners. I like to tell the story about my 15th wedding anniversary. I was taking my wife out to dinner at this really nice, expensive restaurant. We had reservations. So we got there. And even with reservations, we waited for 45 minutes before we got seated we got seated and you know the wait staff brought out water dropped the the glass of water spilled the water in my lap so so that wasn't good we had to wait forever to get our food it was just incredibly slow i had to keep kind of raising our hand to get any attention to to get drinks refilled and so forth when when our main course finally arrived my my wife's dish was wrong it was not what she ordered and it was just it was just a very you know, awful evening for what was supposed to be this wonderful, wonderful
0: celebration. You have six kids, right? But then I kind of also want to back up there because you said that story and that's incredibly crappy. But then now I'm trying to like back up too, because you have six kids. So not only did the dinner go just awful, but I imagine with six kids, it's pretty difficult to be able to even go out on a date like that. I mean, how many kids did you have at year 15? <laughs> I I don't know. I've lost count. We'll say 4 to 6. I probably had 4 at 4 at that time. 4, so I imagine you had to get a babysitter and kind of set up the night. I mean, it's just probably planned out, you know, weeks in advance and then to go the build up and everything to have a night like that. I I imagine that was pretty awful. What but I'm assuming the point of the story is that they attempted to buy your your kind of relationship here. Is that, is that what you're you're getting at here?
1: Yeah, there was clearly a violation of the contract we had to come to a place like that and pay for a certain service. And so the question, here's a question for you is, what would it take for them to get me back there? What's it gonna take for them to get me back through their doors for another special event?
0: See, I mean, this isn't like a normal restaurant, like a normal casual restaurant the waitress could be like, Hey, I'm sorry. Here's a free meal. Like if you go to Applebee's, that's kind of what I'm expecting. But at a formal restaurant, like you're explaining, I would hope that the head manager or chef comes out and like provides a true sincere apology because obviously there were several mistakes that happened throughout the night. So Um, that's, that's what I would expect in that kind of situation. Is that, is that what happened?
1: Well, no, it's, it's not what happened. Right. (laughs) And, and it very, very, very disappointing, but that's, but that is what should happen. Right. We should address the relationship. We should apologize. We should acknowledge that what we said we were going to do when you walked in and what we did. We're not the same thing. And that's really around now the integrity of the relationship between us. And we, we should you know, be able to offer some explanation or, or if there is no explanation, be able to offer that too. And yeah, I would expect someone to come out and, and, and address it on a very personal level. I, I love it when any customer service agent, anybody who works with customers and clients, when they get that, the concession, giving giving us a meal for free, it's, it's not going to make me trust that they're going to. Get it differently next time. It's not going to get me to come back uh, next time. You've got to deal with the broken trust, the impaired relationship, and you do that through your behaviors and how you demonstrate and demonstrate respect.
0: Anything else you'd like to add uh, to our list of unconditionally constructive relationship struggle or strategies? Actually, I kind of want to back up there. How did it end? So, if they didn't come out and apologize, did did what was the outcome? I know our listeners are dying to know.
1: Oh well, so so they. I mean, they offered me a discount. Which I accepted, I paid our check, and and we've never been back and, and nor will we go back again, the relationship was not repaired simply by making a substantive concession, but I think a lot of folks get caught in that trap, and they think that they think that that's going to fix things, and it doesn't
0: yeah, it's a kind of a missed opportunity there, okay, so anything else you'd like to add to our list of uh, unconditionally constructive Relationship strategies.
1: Yeah, just so just one more thing. We need to remember to keep emotion and reason in balance. And that is for both us and for our counterparts. We should acknowledge how things have or are impacting us and recognize the same impact for them. Be able to name feelings and even share important feelings that we have. You know, we all love to pretend that there's no place for uh, emotions at the negotiation table. No one has ever said in any negotiation, any meeting I've ever been involved in, no one has ever spoken these words that you know what this negotiation needs right now. So more emotion. But the emotions are there. People's feelings are there. Companies' futures, in individuals' careers. These things are all at stake when we're negotiating, and and how we negotiate, how we implement things impact. And so ignoring that emotions are at the table, is, is, it's, it's just kind of foolish.
0: Yeah, I think managing those emotions has is, is got to be critical when you're at the negotiating table. It's, it's got to be crucial.
1: Yeah. you know, And while we're not going to dive deeply right now into how you manage them, maybe that's something to do on another session. If listeners are interested, I'll be happy to do that. Well, let me just say that the ability to demonstrate genuine empathy is really essential. And I'm going to quote the amazing Dr. Brene Brown. If you haven't read anything by her, I highly recommend you do. She's, she's just an amazing person. But here's what she says. She says, empathy fuels connection. It involves perspective taking, avoiding judgment, recognizing another's emotion, and communicating that recognition. As Dr. Brown says, empathy is a choice, and it's a vulnerable one. That's, that's how we deal with people's feelings.
0: Awesome. And, and I think that's just one more step towards helping our listeners elevate their influence through purposeful negotiation, which is the tagline to X and kind of the purpose behind the podcast. So as I've said before, this is a podcast that is all about action and helping our listeners become better negotiators. So Aaron, what are some key takeaways for our listeners as they become better negotiators in their business life or in conflict?
1: Yeah. Developing a solid working relationship doesn't need to come at the cost of, of good substantive outcomes. It can actually enhance your ability to jointly resolve and transform conflict. So being disciplined in your attempts to show respect, develop rapport, and establish your reputation as a negotiator is really critical, and it's one you want to carry throughout your life.
0: Yeah, I think uh, effectively manage emotions. I think That's going to be extremely important. And then transparency and trust. I mean, you need to be able to sit on the same side of the table. Like I said, I've personally seen this on a a deployment. And then last but not least, help us out. Go to wherever you're listening to this podcast. Give us a five-star rating. Leave us a comment, a review, and tell others to come check out our podcast. It really means a lot to us, and we greatly appreciate it. If you have a question that you would like for us to answer, on the NegotiateX podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you didn't know that we have a YouTube channel, you can check us out on YouTube um, as well. You get to see our pretty faces and and what we look like, but you can shoot us an email, team at negotiatex.com. If your team is trying to get better at becoming negotiators, we're offering a mastermind next year, but we've already started accepting some applications, if you will. Shoot us an email again, team at negotiatex.com. Let us know what you're interested in. If you believe that that is something that you want, it's a full year's worth of training. More details will come out as we start approaching 2022. So I appreciate it. That is it for us on today's podcast. And we will see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to Negotiate X Radio, helping you elevate your influence through purposeful negotiations. If you're here looking to learn about how to become a better negotiator in both business and life, then you're in the right place. Be sure to join the others who have benefited from NegotiateX.com, your home for negotiations training and consulting online.